college can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. All right. Welcome in, guys. It is Tuesday evening. May 24th, 2022, 6.01 p.m. We're one minute late on the uh, start timer, but that's okay. Uh, we're typically pretty well on time. Carl, how you doing, bud? It's good to see you. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, had a full day with all three kids. Wife was at work, so it was just my day with the kids and had a good time with them for the most part. I, I just left the house and my daughter roundhouse kicked my son in the head on accident. On accident. Yep. Hmm. And so as my kid is screaming, I'm saying, hey, see you later, honey. Um, But uh, no, he'll be fine. Well, hopefully he is uh, doing well and uh, hopefully doesn't return the favor. But eh, kids be like that sometimes, (laughs) right? I definitely remember with my sister growing up, I mean, she was pretty much just did what I said. And uh, we've had a game called the tackling game where she'd run back and forth across the couch. And I would just tackle the absolute hell out of her just into the couch. And she got up and wanted you know, do it again. Try to tackle me from point blank god you're, you're an idiot she's gonna be a doctor here soon so i guess not too much of an idiot but uh no, she's a i don't want to disparage her too much she's gonna be getting married here in less than a month god like three weeks now so that'll be fun uh, wow. let's say hello tuesday you know things are otas are going there in broncos country a lot going on in the world too but uh, we're gonna keep it broncos centric today and uh, see if there's anything else we want to talk about as well but first let's start saying hello to some of the people here in the chat starting to trickle their way in Steven Salazar coming in over on YouTube saying good evening, my fellow Bronco fans. Good evening to you, Steven. Hope you're doing well on this fine Tuesday. Kathy Lund, also always great to see Kathy saying good evening, gang. Looking forward to the show. Looking forward to hanging out with all of you. And if you guys are joining us today, we have our first like coming in over on Facebook, Phil McLaughlin. Thank you, Phil. So if you're joining us on Facebook, YouTube, wherever, make sure you're subscribed to this channel, like the channel, et cetera, et cetera. And we appreciate that. Looking forward to hanging out with all of you. Uh, Dylan also come in here saying, sup Broncos country. Make sure you hit the like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Exactly. Uh, Thank you, Dylan. I should have read your comment first. Uh, Mike Gibbons also coming in here saying, good evening, Nick and Carl. Also, good evening to Scott. Scott's waving in the background. Good to the, oh, giving me the rock on as well. Even better. Uh, So there we go. Good good evening to you, Mike. Hope you're doing well. Um, Steven also said, both checked off and ready to go. Thank you so much, Steven. Uh, We also have Jeff Noyes in the house saying, hello, Nick, Carl, Dylan, and all of Broncos country. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I agree. Kathy's saying, nice haircut, Carl. You look, you're looking good. What's going Thank on? You. Where, where's the hat? 
Well, <laughs> I told you guys before the show, but uh, I went for a run today and all of a sudden a downpour hit and mm. I was wearing the hat. And so my hat is drying off at this current moment. You know what, Carl? This is bringing me to my next point here. Um, where's the hat? Carl, your, your hat, something's always going on with your hat. You know what you need to do? Go to Huddle Up Pond. Get yourself a backup hat. You need a sunny day's hat. You know, one for every day of the week, maybe. You know, you just like you have different pairs of socks. You need a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or something going on there. So if you guys like Carl, needing to stock up on your Mile High Huddle gear, make sure you head up over to huddleuppod.com. New website, new layout, new gear on the way, too, I believe. Um, So check out at huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get yourself a, an additional Building the Broncos hat like Carl needs to hear, um, get one for the whole family. Honestly, that's what needs to be going on with Scott or uh, Carl, because your kids always steal the, steal them as well. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> I can maybe give them the wet sopping one and there you go. Yeah. Go steal theirs from their room or something, but no, it, it's uh you're right. I probably need to get a backup or get one for the whole family. Just so I have those backups sitting there at home. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anybody else I recommend them. They are good looking hats. Look at Nick's right there. Looking good. A lot of good. The model could be better, but other than that, uh, Mike guess in the house saying, what's up, Broncos country? What's up with you? David Crespin also coming in saying, ors. Ors what? I don't know, but either way, hello, David. I uh, hope you're doing well. Leroy Williams coming in saying, hey, guys, mile high salute. Back at you. I'm in Raiders Nation, me and my wife, and I have my Broncos shirt on, too. Ab- that's great to hear. Um, hopefully, you're not getting too many dirty looks there. You probably feel, I don't know, would you feel a little bit safer in uh, the Las Vegas Raiders Nation? Or I mean, definitely Oakland. Oh, a Las little Vegas, bit of a, by far. Yeah. Okay, I've you never know, been to either. So, I, I've been to Vegas quite a few times. I've heard never go to Oakland. Okay. <laughs> uh, anybody that's maybe been there, you can give your own personal opinion. But I've, I've heard from other Bronco fans that said they did go to Oakland and it was not a good experience. Um, so Vegas, though, you know, there, there's a lot of people there that are just from all over the world. Yeah, you're gonna have fans from everywhere. It, it's just a tourist destination, so I don't think you have to worry as much wearing Broncos gear. You're still gonna run into a little bit of it, but not quite yeah. as bad. Yeah, the Raiders brought to you by Caesars Palace. You know, that's a, that's a corporate team now, which is makes me laugh because, man, they were used to be the most neighborhood team, I guess, outside of the Packers uh, in the NFL. Not so not so much anymore. James Hyatt coming in saying, good evening, Nick and Carl in Broncos country. Good to see you, James. Roy also saying uh, prayers to go out to all the victims of the tragedy today. I mean, gosh, I don't even I don't even know what to say about it. Um, sucks. <laughs> yeah, sucks. Um, really, really shitty. I don't know if I can say that, but I did. So there it is. Definitely shitty. Um, Greg Smith coming in here saying good good evening, Broncos country. Good to see Greg in here. Hope you're doing pretty well. Um, awesome to see you here. And also tall, dark, and Mexican, Mexican saying what up to my favorite three fellas. Jacked up to hear about day two. Y'all are the best. Let's ride Atwater's Army. Good to see you, tall, dark, and Mexican. EJ is also in the house. Good evening, Nick and Carl and Broncos country. Good to see you. Um, and Zulu saying uh, where can I get myself a stitched Russell Wilson jersey? Limited version. I couldn't tell you. Um, I would look at NFL.com. I think your best bet is actually at the team store. So find yourself somebody in Denver that can probably get one for you there, like a legitimate one and get it over to you. I'm guessing they are printing them out. If that's, I don't know, creating them like crazy right now. Cause it's probably one of the most wanted jerseys in football uh, right now, but uh, I'm not your, your Jersey hookup. Unfortunately, <laughs> how many jerseys yeah, I, do you own Carl? I, so crazy thing. I got a lot of jerseys actually, but that's okay. because I had somebody that decided they were going to give all theirs away. And so they called me and said, Hey, here is like 10 jerseys and 10 hats. And I got like a Peyton Manning Super Bowl jersey, like legit mm-hmm. one where it has the, the Super Bowl emblem on it, everything. Wow. It was pretty crazy. But they're like, You're the biggest Bronco fan we know. So here you go. Um, but on top of that, I so I've probably got like 15 now. Wow. 
what is your favorite jersey and what is the most embarrassing one? <laughs> so favorite one would probably be my Terrell Davis hmm. uh, when they got the new jerseys, the blue ones. Okay. And I got that one right after they won their first Super Bowl. I got the jersey and I ordered a, a Terrell Davis signed autograph card when mm. they were doing the QVC channel back then. You know, that's yeah. where you ordered everything. And they were offering these Terrell Davis cards. So I've got a Terrell Davis autograph signed card. Um, least, oh man, I, I really don't have any bad ones. Like most of mine are Von Miller, Peyton Manning, uh, DT, John Elway, Terrell Davis. I think that's pretty much, I mean, I just got copies of a bunch of them, actually. I've got yeah. like four Von Millers. Uh, my kids, wow. my kids, one of them got a Patrick Sertan jersey. And the other one got a Jerry Judy jersey. So we'll see if those work out. Well, that's awesome. I uh, I would say my most embarrassing ones are probably Jay Cutler and Tim Tebow, you know, riding the wave during that time. But uh, <laughs> still rock them. And uh, I went to Denver probably, you know, seven years ago, something rocking my Jake Plummer jersey. A lot of love for Jake Plummer still in mm -hmm. Denver. So uh, got one of the orange ones. And I wanted the orange jerseys back before they were uh, officially a thing. So I'm happy that they're here. But I'm ready for the logo now. I'm going to kind of push that one out there in the universe manifest uh moving on from the robot dragon chicken head that is the broncos current logo sorry if you love it i think it's kind of a uh, soulless uh if you will so steve coming in here saying hello good to see you steve also lawrence rivera in here with the stars i'm sure because lawrence always comes in supporting us so uh says sup guys thank you so much lawrence paul's also in here hi nick and carl edwards in the house too and colin uh resident drew luck drew lock fan um saying do they have drew lock jerseys there in seattle I've been in Seattle. I haven't. Uh, I just actually went to a Mariners game last night. I have not seen one single Drew Lock jersey yet. So I'm sure that'll change um, if he plays well. But I, I'm gonna be honest. I think the Seahawks fans here. If the Seahawks go south quickly. I think this fan base is gonna kind of fall apart a tad because uh, they're not as entrenched as Broncos country is. Not to. I mean, there are diehard Seahawks fans. Don't get me wrong. Um, but also, your window of doing things outside when it's nice out falls like directly like. August through September, July through October, which is the beginning of football season, right? So are yeah. people going to be watching a bad Seahawks team? I'll just call that out a bad Seahawks <laughs> team. Or be they going to be doing stuff outside while they still can before it turns into the gray rain uh, that you get from right. November on? I think the Seahawks team is going to fall apart pretty quickly as far as the uh, overall support from the fan base. But we'll see. I, I can tell you, I lived in Seattle before Russell Wilson was drafted. Yeah. And like I'd go to the bars, it'd be me and about four other guys kind of hanging out, talking more than watching. Then all of a sudden they got good, and all of a sudden the bars are completely filled, and everybody's talking about, oh, I've come here every single Sunday to watch the game. I'm like, I've been here every single Sunday the last two years. No, you <laughs> you have not. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. When it's winning, when your team's winning, it's easy to want to be a fan. When you start losing, that's where you see the, the true fans stick around. Broncos have been one of the most steady yeah. fan bases throughout the years um you know i think they still had one of the highest like sold out seats last year of any team in the nfl i think they were top five so it's just kind of crazy for how bad they've been for the last five years to continue to see that support uh great to see what we'll, we'll kind of see like i said seattle it, it's kind of like when the chargers were in san diego would yeah. you rather be outside doing some great things or watch a team that loses a lot yeah i'd rather go to the beach yeah yeah i don't blame them for that, uh, but you still tuning in, doing stuff. Um, there were a few days where I was out on the trail and watched the Bronco game afterwards because 
I had only so many days where I could do things outside. And the Broncos were bad. That's not going to be happening this year, though. Don't get me wrong. Colin also, um, well, good to see you, Colin. He says he's got a Tony Dorsett Broncos jersey. That's awesome. Really cool. <laughs> that's that's really cool. Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, uh, the way the league's material is, I'd rather go bootleg at least to try and use the best material to compete. I have one just to see, and it's held up best in the wash. Sad. Well, make sure you're not drying them. Um, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, it's, I think they have like different tiers of jerseys, right? They have like the premium stitched on one, and they have like the ironed on ones that are not as mm-hmm. good. So uh, definitely want to get the nice ones there. Nick Moley coming back in here, rocking the, I think it's like a Thor uh, helmet there, or it's a Vikings fan. Can't tell. Uh, back for the night show. What's up, guys? Not too much, Nick. Great name. Um, <laughs> no doubt. Slim Slow saying, uh, is Eric doing okay? Any word on how he's doing? Eric's okay. Uh, Eric kind of had a uh, kind of, heart rate overheated thing going on and got himself a little bit sick, uh, but he's doing well now. No idea what it was, but I can assure you we were just talking. He's, he's doing okay. So thank you yep. for asking Slim. That's nice. Um, Dale coming in. So I'm not going to be actively participating in the discussions. I'm not emotionally capable at, at the moment. I'm here listening and saying, I love Broncos country. Yeah, Dale. I think a lot of people are looking for an outlet that is not uh, doom scrolling right now. And uh, we're going to try to be that here, but uh, not to minimize uh, what just happened in Texas. Uh, no doubt about that. Clee's also in here saying uh, maybe they'll create another autonomous zone. Oh my gosh, Clee, you're gonna get me in trouble here out in here in Seattle. Um, Benjamin Flores saying, "What's up, gentlemen? Go Broncos! Good to see you." Um, and uh, yeah, Tommy Simmers also in the house. Good to see you, Tommy. Uh, so let's get into it here. Um, I really want to talk about. Uh, you want to talk about OTAs? So that is the topic today. We have two days worth of interviews and. I guess play. I mean, we're not there witnessing it, right? We're not live, so we can't really speak too much uh, about what we've seen, more so what we've heard. So uh, let's kick it off. Uh, yesterday we had interviews from Russ- – did Russell Wilson interview too? I know Hackett yeah. interviewed and uh, Justin Simmons interviewed right. as well, along with Russell Wilson. So uh, thoughts from day one from uh, Broncos Country and OTAs, which would have been yesterday. Any any big takeaways? Well, I, I really liked Justin Simmons talking about how <clears throat> Russell Wilson's really going to push this defense – I think they've gotten a little lazy over the last few years as a defense in the sense of they haven't had much competition. They they could go out there. They wouldn't even have to hardly call a play and they're going to probably win just because they're that much more talented than the offense. You know, when when you don't have a quarterback that can actually fit balls into tight windows and uh, read a defense and all those kind of things, it just makes life pretty easy. And sometimes you get a little lazy in, in how you go about your business. Well, now that defense has to be ready. He talked about there's times where they're breaking the huddle and the offense is already lined up like they're ready to go. Yeah. And they're having to get into the play. They're, they're not having a whole lot of time to communicate like they've had in the past. And I think that's a great thing because yeah. you're going to see that with a lot of the other offenses that you run into. Patrick Mahomes does that great with that of getting everybody up there as quick as possible, trying to make it where the defense can't really call anything complicated. Justin Herbert's getting better at it. As time yeah. goes on, Derek Carr is fine at it. No problem there. Uh, and so, again, this is where it's just preparing them to be sharp in those moments, to be ready as fast as possible, moving like you need to be moving. And, and so hearing that kind of thing just gets me excited. And uh, th- that's exactly what they needed. They need a kick in the pants. And hearing that the offense kind of did pretty decent yesterday for a first OTA, usually yeah. expect the defense to kind of dominate. And Russell Wilson made – some nice throws. I, I heard he was a little off on his timing a little bit, but beyond that, I mean, that, that's going to happen with new receivers, yeah. but he was making the right reads, getting to the right guy. He was still being able to scramble around, make them have to think through, Hey, a guy's going to escape this. 
and we got to cover for longer than three seconds. You know, those kind of things. Again, it's just making them have to focus on the little details. That's what really stuck out with me with Justin Simmons. What about you? Uh, the thing that's sticking out with me right now is Michael Ronquillo coming in with the $20 <laughs> super chat. Uh, see orange flash. I'm going to go right to that. Oh, yeah. uh, so match matching my sweatshirt here uh, saying good evening, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Let's ride and go Broncos. Let's go, Michael. Thank you so much uh, for supporting us. We appreciate you and uh, keeping it going. Also Phil with the support as well saying good evening, Nick, Carl and Scott. I watched the Cortland interview today. It's so exciting to see all the energy these guys are showing. Hashtag let's ride hashtag MHH for life. Yeah. The Cortland Sutton, I don't know if you saw my reply uh, to our email that we got from the Broncos and whatnot. I sent it to you, Chad, and Zach, and Scott as well. Um, I just got a big laugh out of seeing how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Articulate um, Cortland Sutton was in his responses. Uh, he had like two like two paragraphs worth of context to answering the question. And there was DJ Jones, who was, you know, one or two sentences. Not that DJ Jones isn't articulate or anything. It's just Cortland Sutton, maybe a little bit more comfortable with the media or has more to say uh, now. Maybe he's a little bit more excited because the quarterback situation going on here in Denver. But I uh, really enjoyed uh, hearing from Cortland Sutton today and DJ Jones. We'll get into that as well. Uh, but thank you so much for the support, Phil. We appreciate you. Also, thank you for uh, popping our likes, hearts, reaction uh cherry on facebook today kicking it off there so we appreciate you a uh, double double time there also nick coming in saying no worries it's thor no other teams exist besides the broncos and whoever they play that week <laughs> um hopefully this year it looks like the team that they're playing this week doesn't show up as well um it's been far too often uh that uh, other team looks like the broncos on the teams that, that's not showing up week to week but hopefully that'll change um hello again steve we said hello earlier but uh, it's good to see you um and uh so other thoughts here. Uh, I like the DJ Jones uh, interview as well. And one of the things that really took away from me here is that, you know, a lot of uh, the same responses uh, to the questions, you know, kind of saying as long as we believe in the defense is kind of, you know, together, we're going to be fine. I think we can be the best defensive line in the league as long as we work together and we believe in each other, you know, th that kind of thing. Um, so a lot of times these press conferences, you're not really going to get that much information, but I did find it interesting. He was pressed on specifically what role and what alignment he'd be in. And he said he felt comfortable from four eye all the way down to one and zero technique. So uh, I guess we did, well, he did name the spots he might be lining up on a whole lot of nothing. Cause he said that he's going to play everywhere. Um, so do you have any thoughts here? I'm, I'm really curious to see how this interior defensive line shakes out as far as the, the pecking order. Yeah. It was kind of funny. They kept asking him questions of how would you attack Russell Wilson? He's like, I'm not going to give away those kind of secrets. I mean, given other teams know this is what you got to do. You know how to stop all these different quarterbacks. It's a matter of can you actually do it? But uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. I, I love just the, the mix and match that the Broncos have on the defensive line. They've got some different yeah. types of bodies that they can put out there depending on the situation. And uh, it, it's you know, he had high praise of Draymond Jones. I loved he said my old coach would have loved this guy. Yeah, just showing like this is this is what this guy brings to the table. And really, I think he could be maybe the biggest superstar on that defense this year. Draymond Jones. Whoa, putting that out there. I know there's a lot of other big names out there, but I think he could become the next household name. And, and just that guy that everybody's talking about of, OK, he went out there and got himself 12 sacks this year. Yeah. And uh, and so, again, I, I I think those two can really feed off each other, which is nice. He talked about how he gets a lot more one-on-one -on -one situations here in Denver than he did with San Francisco. And, and so I'm interested to see how that goes. But we got Charlie Dominguez coming in saying, Sea of Orange in Dallas last November. It was a beautiful sight. Broncos were supposed to lose, still represented well. Yeah, I remember that game. 
uh, of just hearing the fans chanting in the stadium. And I remember even the announcers were kind of like, man, this is kind of weird. We're, we're hearing Bronco fans more than we are here in Dallas fans. And yeah. part of it was because Broncos were just whooping them like crazy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was a great game. Glad you got to go to that one because one of the few highlights of last year, really? hopefully we have lots of highlights this year. Yeah. Absolutely. And I uh, was happy that uh, Bridgewater was able to play that one because there was a incident prior to getting on the while on the plane of an exposure that almost made him not eligible. But uh, luckily, that's not going to be hope, as much of a problem anymore. Uh, Fallen Sloth also coming in here saying, howdy, Broncos country. Hope everyone's had an awesome day. Thank you so much, Fallen Sloth. It's good to see you. Also, Chase Wellner is in the house saying evening, folks. Good to see you, uh, Chase. Always enjoy you coming in here. Also, of course, Robert Caslow. WW uh, W for each Carl and myself. What he meant was, was up Broncos maniacs, but uh, we'll, we'll lean into the WW. Um, also, we got uh, Bruce coming in here. I don't recognize this name as much. Bruce Casson over on uh, YouTube saying this year feels genuinely different. Jeff don't know who Jeff is in the chat. I know it's Jeff noise, um, but this year does feel different. And it feels like this is the main thing I'm coming away from um, with the, the interview so far. It's the, the Broncos were in that world of suck and we kept coming back to, I know that uh, Emmanuel Sanders said it 2018, something like that with the Broncos. Oh, we've been in this world of suck since the Super Bowl, and we were not getting out of there uh, from quarterback to even the head coach. You know, I really do respect uh, Vic Fangio as a defensive mind, but as a leader and an en energizer seemed like he was very much a, a dark horse on a lot of these players in the locker room in that way. And if you're winning, maybe it'd be different losing kind of, brings out the worst in everybody but i digress but this year does feel different uh you have uh oh my gosh hello where'd i go yeah you have uh <laughs> hello um you have nathaniel hackett coming here big time energy and russell wilson we'll get back to that but first here uh our star leaders coming in over on facebook i'll poke my head over here we got at the top we're, we're inverse where's my hand where do we go there we go oh this way gary leeds palmer at the top, followed by Mark Schrader. I saw Mark was in here. Tim Hoffman and uh, Phil, Phil McLaughlin as well. So uh, top star leaders there. Um, thank you guys so much. Gary really leading the way there with 14,000. Then Mark, 13,000. Tim Hoffman at 11,000. 6,600 for Phil. And uh, 6,300 for Jacob Foster, the silent one. So we appreciate you guys. And if you guys want to be in the top leaderboard as well, make sure you're getting those stars in. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, speaking of uh, supporting us here, we also got Seth Harmon coming in saying, Darby or Patrick Sertan get hurt. Well, first off, knock on some gosh darn wood. Sorry, I just probably woke the dog up. Um, but uh, let's not put that out there. But for the academics here, let's continue. Uh, who's playing the boundary and what's your confidence in them? Um, I think the boundary in that situation is going to be Michael Ojemudia. Uh Last year, I you would have seen him more than you did, but he suffered a pretty significant hamstring injury that took him almost the entire season to come back from. And uh, very, very, very small sample size. So I you need to add that, of course. Um, but I thought he looked phenomenal actually in that week 17 game against Kansas city. Uh, he was one of the better players in the field uh, for the Broncos in that game going back and watching it. So I think it would be Ojemudia there. I guess there is a dark horse for uh, Damari Mathis as Excellent. well, but I think, I think Ojemudia has him on the, in the pecking order right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he's been with the team here for a couple of years. He's got that NFL experience. You're probably wanting to go more experience on the field. And, and even his rookie year, you go back to that. He had some highlight moments. Like I, I remember that Pittsburgh game. Unfortunately, he had like one, one almost big highlight followed by a big blunder mm -hmm. where he went from should have had an interception to the next play being gives up a touchdown. Yeah. And that's just kind of how his whole rookie year went. And a lot of rookie cornerbacks, that's how it's going to be. Patrick Sertan's kind of the, the unicorn when it comes yeah. to how he played as, as a rookie. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think Ojemudia, I think he's a lot better than people think. I, I know I've had a lot of people talking about how he's kind of a, on the roster bubble and prob- a little bit in the sense of he hasn't played and new coaching staff coming in. They're going to figure things out. But I, I really think he's going to surprise some people this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And I'm curious to see how the pecking order does work out there. You want depth on that secondary. Darby's only had one truly healthy season or one season where he hasn't missed time in his entire career to date. So you should expect that uh, you're going to have to rely on that fourth cornerback at some point. Uh, Kwan Williams, I think he's got that cornerback position of uh, the nickel spot all but wrapped up. I am curious to see if we do see Sertan get some slot looks given how much uh, the Rams used Jalen Ramsey in the slot over the last couple seasons. He played, honestly, he might've played as much slot or more slot than even playing on the outside, but uh, I digress. Maybe you see Patrick Sertan there. Maybe you don't because of how good uh, Kwan Williams is there from the slot, but we'll see. Um, it will be really interesting to Mathis. I wouldn't rule him out either, but uh, right now, not, not to be totally Iowa biased, but I do think that Ojemudi is the guy and circling it back there. You talked about, you know, getting burnt and that's kind of normal for the cornerback position. That 20, what was that? The 2020 draft? Really bad defensive draft right now off the hoof. A lot of guys not looking very good there. Ojemudio has probably been one of the top two or three competent cornerbacks drafted out of that class so far. So um, if we can say, I thought his rookie season was better than Jeff Okuda, who didn't play hardly at all last year. It's been better than Mm -hmm. uh, Henderson, CJ Henderson, uh, who was traded already to another team. Um, So the only cornerback that sticks out to me that I think has been better in that class was uh, Jalen Johnson, uh, who's with the Bears and uh, out of Utah. So we'll see. Um, I guess you have also Sneed, who we both loved in that draft, who the Chiefs ended up taking in the fifth round, like one pick before Denver. I'm not bitter. Don't say I was bitter. (laughs) Don't write that down. Um, But uh, we'll see. I I think Bojamudi is going to have a good year this year. Um, we got some more people coming in saying hello. Uh, of course, we got, uh, who is it? Oh, there we go. Lewis Condon coming in over on Facebook saying, was up? Not too much, Lewis. Just hanging out with you guys, having some fun, talking a little bit of OTAs. Um, we also got uh, talking about just the exciting this next season. And here we go. Here's a question from, this one's a little bit confounding for, to me. And I asked it earlier. I asked it on Twitter. Um, is PJ Locke the next Justin Simmons? I'm going to go with No on that one, but uh, the amount of PJ Locke questions that have been asked specifically, not just like, you know, a player kind of naming him as a group of players, like reporters asking specifically about PJ Locke to me. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, He's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Has me questioning things. Like, what's going on? Did I miss something? I know you had a big play week or that first OTA, but, like, why are we asking so spending so much time on PJ Locke in these press conferences when Justin Simmons only gets, excuse me, a Cortland Sutton only gets six questions? One of them's about PJ Locke. Why? What are we doing? <laughs> I don't yeah. get it. What's going on? I, I wonder if it's the same media person each time. 
Okay. Does he just have a, a friendship with PJ Locke? I know our, our group talked about that earlier today on some of that um, because it just, it is, it's kind of weird to talk about a roster bubble guy that I have my doubts if he's going to make this roster. You just drafted a safety. You got one that you really like uh, from last year and you got another one uh, and Johnson that you kind of hope can develop. Jamar Johnson can maybe turn into something. You're probably not keeping more than five safeties. Mm-hmm. So PJ Locke is really fighting for a roster spot. Why? Why is the love for him? But um, and I loved him like last season and preseason. He was a guy who constantly stood out, uh, but he didn't really see the field very much when you had Caden Stearns pass. I think even Jamar Johnson had more snaps than him. I know you drafted those guys where PJ Locke, I think, was undrafted free agent or brought in via other means. Uh, but I'm just shocked about how much uh, airtime he's getting. And, you know, if he plays great this year, I think Cor- they mentioned uh, Cortland Sutton played against him in uh, seven on sevens and Texas high school ball as well. So that's kind of cool there and hoping for the best for PJ lock. But I'm like, man, what, what happened? Did I miss something? All of a sudden he's the topic of conversation yeah. people are asking about him this morning too. I'm like, what's going on? Well, I think I do think part of it is chase. Wellner says it best. He is getting first team reps with Jackson, yeah. not being at OTAs right now. So kind of surprising that he would be the number, the next safety in, but I guess he's been there the longest, so maybe he's getting a little bit of a veteran bump at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd kind of think Caden Stearns would get that that spot. Do you, I, you I, think um, – sorry to interrupt you here, but do you think that is because Caden uh, Stearns going to have a different – specifically a different role than Kareem Jackson would? And you're going to see – like you're not seeing uh, – let's say gosh who would i say graham glasgow work at that's a terrible example <laughs> i don't know how to frame it um but because uh, caden stern's going to be mostly playing maybe dime or slot they're also not utilizing him as that deep safety which is going to be more kareem jackson in the split field kind of looks so because you're going to both of them are starters you're not moving a guy to uh, a different spot because he needs all the reps he can possibly get at the box uh nickel spot as that dime backer and that that really could be it I, yeah. I'm not quite sure. I, I'm just, I, I'd be interested to ask more of the coaches yeah. what's going on there than, than the players. You're, you're yeah. kind of, like I said, you're kind of wasting a question, but uh, we got Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, did Gordon show up today? Is he sitting out all OTAs? He is sitting out. This is how Melvin Gordon has done it for, I think the last six years, if I remember right. And he has his training regimen that he sticks to, and he's decided this is what works. And if you kind of think about it, he, I think he's only missed, two games in the last four or five years. And so it's kind of hard to argue with the results. Now, yes, you'd like to see him building that chemistry and, and he'll get there for mandatory mini camp. He'll be there for that. And, but, and they'll get plenty of reps. I'm not really too worried about Melvin Gordon, the veteran. Really. These OTAs are more about the young guys and getting them kind of acclimated to the NFL more so than the veterans. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Um, Gordon, not up today. Not worried about it too much. Uh, did you see the uh, video of his golf swing? Oh, yes. Did that come across? <laughs> do you have any thoughts on that? You coach golf, right? Yes, I do. Um, terrible. Whole. Okay. First off, clubs are not long enough for him. I don't know what where he got those clubs. Junior golf bag. I don't know, but it, it was it was bad. Uh, so he's got to get clubs that actually fit him. Two, the swing terrible. Three. Obviously, when you get upset like that, it just leads to tor- terrible things on the golf course. So um, he should not play golf. He, he should not quit his day job. That, that's what I should say, I guess, uh, to go play golf on the PJ Tour. It was it was really bad. Um, I'm honestly kind of a little bit surprised he didn't injure himself. Because when you dig that club into the ground like that, it, it hurts. I mean, it, it rings through your whole body. 
I've had a few of those that, I mean, shoulder was a little tender for a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's uh it seems like he's having fun. I know he was like irritated about Wisconsin Badger football too. So I'm here for the Wisconsin Badger slander. He said like this lady, whoever this lady is, somebody get me in contact with the Badgers. Cause she's about to make me uh, dissociate from the team completely. Hell yeah. Melvin Gordon. He uh, spurned the Broncos. He, or, excuse me, the Hawkeyes. He was uh, visiting Iowa and ended up going to, uh, going to Wisconsin and the rest is history, but uh, we'll, we'll take you back. Maybe he still, he still has a year of eligibility left. I think he declared early. So let's see it. Uh, Bruce coming in saying, how do you guys think the positive energy helps great dedication and discipline to the schemes? If you're having fun and you're still be taking it seriously, but you're having fun, I think you're going to absorb things better and uh, be more committed to the cause. You know, it's definitely the, the boss versus the leader boss tells you what to do. Leader shows you what to do. And I'm hoping that with the positive energy and everything there. Um, I also love like Nathaniel Hackett. He loves playing that fake linebacker spot over there on the defense while he's watching the offense and yelling at us in a positive way, but you know, energy yelling. Um, so I definitely think it'll help. I mean, there's been a dark cloud that's been over Broncos country for six years. And part of that is just an aptitude at the quarterback position. Part of that is other things going on in mean, the ownership stuff. It really just really has been just stuck in Denver has been stuck in a La Nina with that. I, we've been here in Seattle now for gosh, it's February 102nd. As far as I know, with the weather, way the way it's been, but, uh, definitely, I do think it does help. And Carl, you can probably speak about this a little bit more given your, uh, work with the youths. Yeah. So I, I can tell you, I, I remember when the 49ers came to the Broncos for those, you know, joint mm-hmm. practices Yeah, and they were talking about, and that was their Super Bowl year. And people kind of asked, you know, like, what, what were the differences of things that were going on? And people that watched it, they said, you know, 49ers came out and these guys are just, I mean, it's like, it's game day. They're jumping up and down, screaming, music's pumping. Broncos kind of come out of the locker room, just holding their helmets, walking, no energy. And, and it showed up in practice. Like they just had no energy where San Francisco's flying around the field. Like it's like, there's no tomorrow. And, uh, and so it matters even in these, yeah. especially these kind of days where these practices, a lot of times, some of the, especially veterans are like, Oh my gosh, we have to do OTAs again. You know, I'm, I'm counting the town, the years until I'm done with these OTAs. And I remember hearing Mark Schlereff just say, I, I never want to attend another OTA practice in my life. And <laughs> I think he's actually there right now. Um, but you know, now I'm hearing about the energy I'm hearing about like court and Sutton talk about in the film room, they're working on their, their number of steps in their route. Okay. When I hit the fifth step on this, I'm breaking off and doing this, you know, those kind of attention to details. It reminds me of Peyton Manning when he came in and like, he went to DT and, and Eric Decker and, and he said, okay, this is exactly where I want you to be. When you hit that fifth step, you better be cutting in. You don't take that sixth step. You don't take these extra little steps. I mean, he was a stickler to those details and it sounds like Russell Wilson is the same way. And when you get, Young guys excited about that, excited about the little details. It really begins to show up in the game where just, you know, you get an extra six inches of separation because you didn't take that extra step. That's enough to score a touchdown. And uh, so, yeah, it's making a huge difference all the way around. I'm, I'm very excited by it. And I think even, I, I guess I don't know about Russell Wilson and Seattle and whether he was always this way of just always amped up. And I, I think he was. Yeah, But I feel like there's just usually when you kind of go to a new place, there's a new sense of energy. You know, you get to that new job and that, that first year, especially you're just pumped up about what it could be. And uh, I'm so I'm interested to see how much that really translates quickly to the field. Yeah, no, it will be really interesting to see how it translates to the field. Um, 
I'm just excited for this team overall. I mean, the offense is going to be fun. The defense will be interesting to see. And again, all comes back to quarterback nihilism. Team didn't matter a hoot before because uh, we were wandering the desert of quarterback purgatory. And uh, here we are, a uh, quarterback now that is a known quantity. Maybe Drew Locker or Teddy Bridgewater will end up being a guy. Maybe not, but we already know that Russell Wilson is a guy. So it's going to be exciting to see uh, what he does this season with this team and going forward. So keeping it going forward, Carl, anything else uh, from OTAs that you've been hearing? Any other storylines standing out right now? Well, I guess one, somebody asked the question earlier, who is the player that didn't show up to OTAs that matters the most? Yeah. I know some people are saying Melvin Gordon. I'm not too worried about Melvin Gordon. The right tackle spot has me a little interested in what's going on. Calvin yeah. Anderson's not there. Uh, Billy Turner's not there. And so just kind of, I know they're rehabbing from injuries. So I guess I'm not too worried at this point, but yeah. Hey, that's a three way competition going on. Every rep's going to matter at the end of this. You know, the more you can get before the coaches and say, Hey, look at me, what I'm doing. Um, the better. And then also something that I heard was, uh, Garrett Bowles having mm -hmm. a great OTAs. I mean, take that for what it is but it doesn't sound yeah. like he's really given up a whole lot of pressure. It seems like he's pretty energized for the season and ready to be what he was in 2020 compared to last year. Yeah. Uh, I think the big thing for me that I'm taking away so far is that uh, Quinn Miners has lost weight. And early before the draft, uh, even before the free agency period, it sounded like uh, Miners was not going to get the center spot at all, not going to get much work there. They wanted him at right guard. And then since then, uh, things have changed, and now there's a lot more – Quinn Miners potentially competing for center uh, conversation going forward. So I still think it's a long shot, um, but that that change is interesting. I think the Broncos would have loved to upgrade the center position in the draft, uh, but didn't work out that way is what it is. So now they're going to see if maybe if Quinn Miners is the guy there, if Cushionberry does not step up, improve and uh, stabilize the position. So will be really interesting to see. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it does sound like the interior offensive line is struggling. Now, again, they don't have pads on there. There's not, all this contact that you will see once they actually get the pads on and stuff like that. But sounds like Draymond Jones has pretty much owned everyone that's been in front of him. Mm -hmm. DJ Jones doing a great job as well. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who wins those spots. And I, I like the depth that we have, but it might be you've got four quality backup guys, not really four quality starter guys. Yeah. And that, that could be a huge concern. Uh, interior pressure has always been to me, the biggest thing that can take down a star quarterback, you know, you, you yeah. can take care of some edge guys. You can do a few things. I remember Broncos against the, the Ravens in 2012. What'd they do? They let Von Miller and, um, and Doomerville win to the outside. And they just told Joe Flacco, step up into the pocket, dude, you'll buy yourself an extra second doing that. They're not going to win on the inside. Broncos didn't win on the inside in that game. I, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> We're done talking about that, but it just shows again, um, interior pressure though, there's nothing you can do. There's a couple of plays. Sounds like Draymond Jones was in Russell Wilson's face before he even got to his full back step, you know, back step. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. Um, God, it's good to hear that Draymond Jones is playing well too. Cause it makes me a little nervous because uh, he's definitely destined for a big contract given how much we've been hyping him up on here for years. Where's whatever happened to Richie rich man. Every time I told him that, uh, you know, Draymond Jones is a really good interior defensive lineman. He's like, he's not good enough. 
okay, he's not Aaron <laughs> Donald, but he's closer to the top 10 than he is, you know, top 20. So yep. um, orange colored glasses coming. You guys think they'd really move Stearns to corner? I don't think Stearns is a cornerback, uh, but last year he had almost a, according to Pro Football Focus, his snap splits were almost one for one for one deep safety box slot. So I think he's going to play a lot of that box third safety role, which is a different position than the two deep um, that you see uh, where Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons have been playing the last few seasons. So uh, I don't think he's going to be a corner per se, but more of the, the box uh, dimebacker is the position I'd call it. Right. So uh, also we got a comment coming in here from Benjamin Flores and I love hearing, I think Mark Schlereth uh, says before Russell got here, that uh, all the guys who think they work hard and that they think they studied film hard are going to learn and see what it means to really work hard and everything they thought about preparation was about to be kicked up a notch. And now they're seeing it, what it truly takes to be a winning team. And that's something too, like the culture has changed. The expectations changed. There's no more loafing it. There's no more half butting it. Um, you are being pushed. And it's, it sounds like it's a slightly different type of being pushed than Peyton Manning. Like Peyton Manning will pull you aside and like, embarrass you about it or yell at you on the field. I mean, I still think about him, you know, screaming after with Donald Brown, the running back, Mr. Blockness. I'm like, God bleeping Donald. Like while he's running from it, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's a little bit more, I would say positive uplifting, but the, the energy, the focus, the demand is still there. So uh, definitely it's the, it's a culture change and uh, expectations have changed because you do have that dude in there. There's no questioning. There's no hoping. There's no positive rosy case scenario. You already know you have a guy in the locker room and that changes everything. Right. It's so great when that player is your quarterback. Yeah. You know, it's hard when it's another position is that star player, that guy that demands excellence. You know, I think about like Justin Simmons. I know that guy puts in a lot of work to be great, mm-hmm. but it's hard for the rest of the team to rally around a safety and say, Oh, look how much film work he's putting in. I should do the same when it's your quarterback. Like everybody has to up their game, the defense, because you're going to be playing against that guy. You don't want to get embarrassed every practice. Your offense, you don't want to be the guy that makes the mistake. And like I said, it was the same with Peyton Manning. It was kind of nice always hearing, hey, he's first one in the building, last one to leave. Like coaches tried to beat him into the building. They couldn't do it. He pretty much lived at the facilities for the first month. Like he had a house to go to, but he never went home. And it sounds like Russ Wilson's doing a lot of the same stuff of being there, putting in the extra work, guys wanting to stay after practice, put in extra reps and Russell Wilson being right there to, to work with them. And so again, that, that's just great to hear. And like I said, it just ups everybody's game and it's teaching those young guys. This is what it's going to take to be a championship caliber team. So yep. you're right. Uh, we got Kaylee, Kaylee and green coming in saying Nick and Carl with a horse. Thanks man. Rocking it. Good to see you. Kaylee. I hope you're doing well. Uh, good to see you. And uh, will coming in and saying uh, with Quinn losing weight, will it matter with uh, his push much? I don't think it will. Um, as we saw last year, the, the bot, first off body types for offensive linemen have changed. Um, Quinn Miners is kind of a little bit of throwback to having a little bit more of the beer belly, uh, the gut, if you will, you like to call it that. Um, but not every single offensive lineman is looking like that these days. They look a lot more like defensive linemen or even linebackers, uh, as far as the physique and how they are, uh, proportionally filled out. So Quinn losing will matter much with his push. If anything, I think his push should be a little bit better if uh, he's having more speed because uh, for you physics nerds out there, what is momentum mass momentum equals mass times velocity mass is lower, but I think his velocity will be higher um, because he's going to be able to move a little bit better, which is going to be important for this outside zone scheme. So uh, I don't think it's going to affect his push much at all in a negative way should help him move around a bit. Also should in theory help his uh, pass protection. Big question for me is uh, the anchor. 
which last season, sometimes he get pushed back on his heels a little bit. Um, not as bad as some other guys in the injury offensive line won't name names, but, uh, that's my big question. How is he going to hold up in pass protection? That's as much technique though, as it is his ability to sit back and anchor against a bull rush. Yeah. And, and speaking of him losing on some passing reps, uh, Draymond Jones has been one of the, the big guys. We got KB 82 coming in here with their super chat saying what's Draymond and DJ's floor and ceiling next year. I think ceiling, they could be a top three interior defensive line, just the two between the two of them. I mean, we'll have to see on the depth side of things, but I think both of them could be really strong against the run. I mean, Draymond made some amazing plays in the run game. DJ is one of the better run defenders for the interior defensive line. Um, if we're looking at like sack numbers, I'd say the yeah. ceiling would probably be like 17, 18 between the two of them. Yeah. That's, that's getting pretty high because DJ's never gone above five. Draymond's never gone above seven or eight, if I remember right. So, I mean, this is like they're having their career years kind of thing. I know DJ talked today. He said, I want to get over five sacks this year. That's my goal. Yeah. And I, I hope he accomplishes it. And Draymond, like I said, I, I think he could really become that household interior defensive line where they're talking about him in those top five guys in the NFL. Man, that is uh, talking about him top five being a household name. I think on the Broncos right now, where would you put him as far as household names on the defensive side of the ball? And then so where he's right now and where he could be based on his position and profile. Because like I love Draymond. You know that I've been big on him since he came out of Ohio State. Um, but I feel like he's squarely behind Patch Sertan. He's squarely yeah. behind Justin Simmons. And I think right. he's also squarely behind both edge rushers. Bradley Chubb has the fifth overall pick thing going for him. A lot of profile there. And uh, Randy Gregory, I mean, they paid him big money. I know Pro Football Focus has been hyping up like crazy. His tape last year was incredible. And the whole Cowboy narrative thing as well. So I love Draymond. Love him. I think he's going to have a great year. But as far as the household name goes, I can't see him jumping a number of the Broncos right now because of the, just the background, the history, the draft profile, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I mean, you, you could even put Kareem Jackson up there as a household yeah. name. I mean, a lot of people around the league know him and he has those highlight plays throughout the year. Um, I, I think he could get up there to the top two. I don't think he'll ever pass Patrick Sertan because that guy's getting hyped up already to be the next great cornerback in the NFL. I mean, they're, they're talking about him among the greats right now. Um, I don't think he's quite gotten there. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, anytime you take a, somebody top 10, they're always going to get more hyped than they probably should. And yeah. thankfully he, he did live up to it last year. And I've heard a lot of people talking that he has been putting in crazy work this off season to, to be even greater than he was, which is, I mean, that's great to hear. Just makes the Broncos that much better. But yeah, I, I would say he could maybe get onto the Justin Simmons level. Maybe. Wow. I mean, Justin Simmons is really known around Colorado. He doesn't seem to be well known around the league. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people in their list and off their top five safeties. Some people put Justin Simmons in, Simmons in there, but not, not as often as you would think. I think he gets overlooked a yeah. lot. Some of that's probably because the draft profile as well, you know, not Minka Fitzpatrick, not Derwin James, and not one of these highly drafted safeties or whatever playing for a team. That's a, uh, been more in the national spotlight than the Broncos, but hopefully that'll right. change uh, with Russell Wilson here in town. Um, we are going to be wrapping up here pretty soon, guys. Obviously, it's the off season and things are getting a little bit slower. So if you have any questions or whatever that you want to get in, make sure you do that. Uh, I'm on dinner duty tonight, so I got I'm cooking a shepherd's pie. So it's going to take me like a couple hours to get that one going, but it'll be fun. Um, perfect weather for a shepherd's pie because it's like 50 degree again here in Seattle and rainy. 
Um, Shane coming in asking, is uh, Jerry Judy okay? Um, I don't know other details as far as everything going on, but he's been, he was released from jail. He's met with Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, he sat out um, OTAs day one. I don't know if he sat out today also, um, but he was there, uh, not in pad. So hopefully he's figuring everything out. Um, hopefully we don't hear anything but positive things about and from Jerry Judy going forward. But uh, as far as everything else going on there, I don't think, I think he's physically okay, but obviously he, he has some other things that have happened. He has a mild back strain. Mild that's back why, strain. Yes. That's right, why they did not play him yesterday. Smart. You know, OTAs again, it's, if the guy's hundred percent healthy, yeah, get him out there. If yeah. they're, if they're at 95%, it's not worth the risk at that point at, of the off season. hundred percent. 100%. Well, uh, any final thoughts, Carl, before we wrap it on up and start getting on out of here? Um, OTAs are here. Broncos have been uh, – the energy is back. The team is back. Uh, excited to see what Russell Wilson does for this team and uh, curious to see who else they bring up for the press conference as well. It's kind of always fun to see what players they put front and center because that tends to point towards the guys that they in-house believe should be up front, and that's as much, you know, personality – and into into intelligently speaking, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so far, we've had Justin Simmons, Russell Wilson, uh, DJ Jones, and Colton Sutton. Any thoughts on uh, other ones who might be uh, coming forward soon to talk? I figure Bradley Chubb okay. got to be coming pretty soon. Uh, I, I watched they they put out one of his reps today. Yeah, and who he looks he strong. That. Yeah, he popped him. It was yeah. uh, against Uwuzurike. Uh, yep. So I, I'm quietly excited about what he could be this year. I know you had looked at a 2018 redraft mm -hmm. and surprise, surprise Broncos took Bradley Chubb again in the Funny. redraft. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people are pretty down on him in Broncos country, but you know, when he's been healthy, he's still been a pretty darn good player in the NFL. I mean, had a pro bowl year in 2020. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. 2020, uh, his rookie year, I think he broke the Broncos rookie sack record set by Von Miller. And so, like I said, when he's healthy, he could be something. You just got to hope that he can actually last an entire 17 games this year. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. We'll see. Um, would be curious to see if we have any, uh, Garrett Bowles again as well. And typically you can follow the money. So you mentioned Bradley Chubb, but maybe they put up Randy Gregory instead. Um, although Randy Gregory come off the shoulder stuff, maybe they don't want a bunch of questions uh, for Randy Gregory with that going on. So we'll see. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, great show tonight. Nick and Carl building the Broncos. Let's ride and go Broncos. Greg also coming in and saying, great podcast, Broncos country. Hold your babies tight. Absolutely. And also, I uh, hope you're doing well, Greg. Uh, shared some information on this morning's show. I won't uh, rehash that, but uh, hope you're doing well today. Um, and uh, man, we really appreciate you guys. Uh, that's going to be it for Carl and I today. A little shorter here, but that's the that's the off season, right? Not as much to talk about, and we don't need to divvy too much and go down uh, the all of that stuff. So uh, Dale also coming in saying, "Great show, Nick and Carl. Hope hope your day gets a little better as well, Dale. I know that you've had a uh, a tough one also." And Broncos fan thirteen saying, "Hi, Nick Kendall. Hi, Broncos fan thirteen. Hope you're doing well." Um, but uh, yeah, make sure you guys are following Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dummler MHH, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BTB Football Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, check out the uh, the merch store, huddleuppod.com. And uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod, as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And uh, it's a ticker for some reason, but uh, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you're following us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. And uh, we greatly appreciate that. If you outside of the super chats, superstars, super thanks, et cetera, et cetera. 
just simply subscribing, liking, and sharing our show, our YouTube channel specifically, is the number one thing you can do. So we greatly appreciate that. Uh, Carl, what's the rest of your day looking like? Obviously, you know that I am uh, going to dig into some shepherd's pie here, but he's a vegetarian <laughs> shepherd's pie. The wife's a vegetarian, so I cook vegetarian for us. But anything, uh, anything fun for you tonight? No, I've already done my run. I've got a little work to do. Uh, summertime gets a little crazy with kids out of school, so got to stay home a little bit more. And uh, so that means evenings get a little more crazy for me, just trying to catch up on the things that I've missed. And we're, we're leaving for the weekend to yeah. go see my wife's family. So trying to trying to get caught up is pretty much what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, that's good to hear. Um, hopefully your daughter's no more roundhouse kicks to the face of anybody. Um, but uh, we'll see how that goes. You know, kids will be kids sometimes. Um, but we appreciate you, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, hold your little ones tight. And uh, hopefully we can give you a little bit of a, outlet today a little bit of distraction for a otherwise pretty dark day in uh american history and uh america but uh, tomorrow's a new day right so we can always improve reflect today improve upon tomorrow um we appreciate you guys so much thank you for joining us today as i always say choose kindness and choose compassion go broncos you've been listening to building the broncos join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.